for salvation. The turning from sin is called repentance, and the turning to Christ is called faith. And to, to me, the use of those prepositions um, was, was helpful. The two aspects of conversion, one of them, repentance, is turning from sin. The other, faith, is turning to Christ. The, the Baptist faith and message says something very similar. It says, regeneration, or the new birth, is a work of God's grace, whereby believers become new creatures in Christ Jesus. Is a change of heart wrought by the Holy Spirit through conviction of sin, to which the sinner responds in repentance toward God and faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. And then we see again at the end, repentance and faith are inseparable experiences of grace. And as we said, we've having looked at repentance last week, tonight let's look at faith. Um, in the first chapter that Dr. Sproul, Dr. Sproul writes here, um, it's entitled A Hopeful Vision. And in this, this chapter, he makes a few points about the definition of, of faith. What is it? Um, and again, to me, it's very helpful because I feel like so often we can be guilty of using words like faith, like glory, um, other words like that from Scripture. And maybe we don't always exactly know what those words mean, but they're in Scripture and we use them so much. Um, we just kind of throw them out there. And so to me, it's good from time to time to go back through and, and to actually see what they mean. And so the first point that we see here, faith is the substance of hope. Faith is the substance of hope. It comes from Hebrews chapter 11, verse 1. Now faith is the assurance of things hoped for. The assurance of things hoped for. And, and we wonder kind of what this, this phrase means. And, and Dr. Sproul explained here um, in this writing, and, and Pastor Kerry has explained this to us before too, and his, his preaching that biblical hope is not the same as, as the way that we use hope today. You know, I might say something like, I, I hope the thing I bought on Amazon yesterday shows up tomorrow. You know, I hope it comes in because I'm ready to get it. Um, that means I really want it to get here tomorrow, but I, I don't know if it will or not. It, it's uncertain. But biblical hope is not that way. Dr. Sproul says this. When the Bible speaks of hope, it is not referring to a desire for a future outcome that is uncertain, but rather a desire for a future outcome that is absolutely sure. Based on our trust in the promises of God, we can be fully confident about the outcome. So our hope is certain because our hope is in God who is certain. Secondly, we see faith is the evidence of things not seen. Here we see that the idea is this. I don't know what tomorrow is going to bring, but I know that God knows what tomorrow is going to bring. So if God promises that tomorrow will bring something, and if I trust God for tomorrow, I have faith in something I have not yet seen. That faith serves as evidence because its object is God. I know Him. He has a track record. He is infallible and never lies. 
God knows everything and is perfect in whatever he communicates. So if God tells me that something's going to happen tomorrow, I believe it, even though I haven't seen it yet. So faith is the, the substance of hope. It is evidence of things not seen. And thirdly, faith is believing God. Believing God. Paul writes this of the patriarch Abraham. He writes in Romans 4, No unbelief made him waver concerning the promise of God. But he grew strong in his faith as he gave glory to God. Fully convinced that God was able to do what he had promised. That is why his faith was counted to him as righteousness. Like Abraham, believing that God is who he says he is, and that he will do what he says he will do. And we see that this phrase, that the righteous shall live by faith, quoted three times in the New Testament. It means that God is pleased when his people live by trusting him. So we've seen this idea of this connection of faith and hope. And then we can go in and we can look at examples of faith. Um, We see this in the Old Testament saints. And in chapter 11, we see starting, we, we see with Abel. We read that by faith. He offered to God a more acceptable sacrifice than Cain, through which he was commended as righteous, God commending him by accepting his gifts. And through his faith, though he died, he still speaks. His sacrifice was acceptable, and not his brother's, because he offered it believing God in faith. Um, and, And God speaks of this. Throughout the scriptures, he talks about the attitude of the heart of the worshiper who brings an offering, who brings a sacrifice to him many times in the Old Testament. One example is that of Amos. In chapter 5, the Lord says this, I hate, I despise your feasts. I take no delight in your solemn assemblies. Even though you offer me your burnt offerings and grain offerings, I will not accept them. And the peace offerings of your fattened animals, I will not look upon them. Take away from me the noise of your songs to the melody of your harps. I will not listen. All of these things that, that are described here must be done with a heart attitude of faith. If the Lord is to accept them. Just as Abel offered his sacrifice to the Lord. Only then are, are our offerings, are our sacrifices acceptable. To him. We also read of Enoch. It says, By faith Enoch was taken up so that he should not see death, and he was not found because God had taken him. Now, before he was taken, he was commended as having pleased God. And we see here so faith is central to the motivation of the human heart to live in a way that honors God. Enoch was singled out. Because he had a consuming passion in his life to please God. A consuming passion of life that we might please him. We read about Noah. It says, By faith Noah, being warned by God concerning events as yet unseen, 
in reverent fear constructing an ark for the sake, uh, for the saving of his household. By this he condemned the world and became an heir of the righteousness that comes by faith. As a matter of fact, when we go back and look at the account in Genesis, in Genesis chapter 6, we read this incredible statement that after the Lord had given Moses um, all of the commands about the ark, it then says this, Noah did this. He did all that God commanded him. And, and as I thought about it, I thought, can you, like, what it must be like to have that written about you, right? That you did all that God commanded. What, what an incredible testimony that is. It, it, it drives, it, it motivates us. It, it, it makes us aspire to be like that. To have that said about us, that we were faithful to all that God commanded us to do. Dr. Sproul writes this, he put, the, he put his confidence not in the judgments of this world, but in the judgment of God. He built the ark through which the human race survived because he lived by faith. Next we see the example of Abraham says this, By faith Abraham obeyed when he was called to go out to a place that he was to receive as an inheritance, and he went out not knowing where he was going. He didn't understand all the details. He, he didn't have the end game in sight. Hadn't been revealed to him. He didn't have the complete sequence of events laid out before him ahead of time. He just knew that God said to go, and so he went trusting the Lord. A little later, we read again of Abraham. By faith, Abraham, when he was tested, offered up Isaac. And he would receive the promises with us in the act of offering up his only son, of whom it was said, through Isaac shall your offspring be named. He considered that God was able even to raise him from the dead, from which, figuratively speaking, he did receive him back. Even when asked to sacrifice his son. Abraham obeyed. And he obeyed knowing this. He said, well, I mean, God promised me this son. And if he calls me to go and sacrifice and kill him, then it must be that God's going to just going to raise him back from the dead. I mean, what an incredible way of, of thinking about that, of trusting wholly in the Lord to, to keep his promises. We see that apart from Christ's obedient sacrifice, probably the greatest act of faith and fear of trembling recording, recorded in all of Scripture is the obedient response of Abraham when God commanded him to sacrifice his son, Isaac. And I can tell you since about December 9th of last year, studying this account takes on a whole different perspective. Um, it really, really does. So what an incredible example of, of faith that Abraham shows. After Abraham, um, it tells us about Moses' parents again. It's incredible. 
it says here, um, by faith, Moses, when he was born, was hidden for three months by his parents because they saw that the child was beautiful and they were not afraid of the king's edict. What an incredible faith and trust in the providence of God in the fact that he will care for that child to do that. So we read of the faith of his parents and then a few verses later we read the faith the, about the faith of Moses himself. It says, By faith Moses, when he is, was grown up, refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter, choosing rather to be mistreated with the people of God than to enjoy the fleeting pleasures of sin. He considered the reproach of Christ greater wealth than the treasures of Egypt, for he was looking to the reward. And in this great quote we Read this, no sin has ever made any person happy. Sin simply cannot bring happiness, but it can deliver pleasure. And when we confuse pleasure with happiness, we're wide open to the seduction of the enemy. But the pleasures of sin are fleeting. They pass quickly. And Moses had to make a decision between the present and eternity, between the passing pleasures of sin and the afflictions of Christ, which have value for all time. It's a great point. It's a great point. So, we've seen the definition of faith. We've seen examples of faith from the Old Testament. Uh, chapter 3, we see that faith is indeed a gift from God. Um, we looked at this last week with um, how it, repentance is also a gift granted by the Lord. Um, the 1689 Baptist Confession of Faith uh, says it this way, The grace of faith whereby the elect are enabled to believe to the saving of their souls is the work of the Spirit of Christ in their hearts. So again, something that God does in us. We go back to uh, Ephesians 2, like we looked at last week, and it says, But God, being rich in mercy because of the great love of which He loved us, even when we were dead in our trespasses, made us alive together with Christ. By grace you have been saved. A little later on, For by grace you have been saved through faith. And this is not your own doing. It is the gift of God. It's not a result of work, so that no one may boast. This incredible truth of salvation of sinners by Almighty God because of His great love with which He loved us. However, it is also true that this Spirit does not um, just spontaneously, on its own, out of nowhere, just happen. It must be accompanied by the hearing of the Word. And it's what we read in Romans chapter 10, it says, so faith comes from hearing and hearing through the word of Christ. It's also stated in the confession. Confession goes on to say this, and is ordinarily wrought by the ministry of the word. Um, Dr. Sproul goes on, he gives several examples of this throughout history. He talks about John Wesley, who was, was actually already an ordained minister. He was already 
a minister. And he heard a passage read from the book of Romans. And then he heard it, he, he said that he felt his heart strangely warmed and was then truly converted. Uh, talked about Augustine who was, by all accounts, just living a life of blatant sin and, and debauchery. Just doing whatever he wanted to do. He also read from the book of Romans. And he was saved. Dr. Sproul then, he recounts his own testimony. And he, he says this, A young man quoted to me a verse from the book of Ecclesiastes. It says, If the clouds are full of rain, they empty themselves on the earth. And if a tree falls to the south or to the north, in the place where the tree falls, there it will lie. <laughs> he says, I'm probably the only person in history who's been converted through that particular verse. Then he says, but that image of a tree lying dead on the floor of the forest, inert, rotting, no longer producing fruit, worthless, gave me a picture of my life. I saw myself as a rotten tree, and God used that verse to quicken me to saving faith. And then he goes on to say this, all of these conversion experiences, different as they might be, have one thing in common, the role of the Word of God. The Scriptures are absolutely key in the process by which the Spirit gives and strengthens the faith of Christians. And as that quote says, um, as great as this miracle of, of faith is to believe, it's also a great work of God to sustain and to grow that faith throughout the lifetime of a believer. Once again, we, we go back to the confession, and it continues on, and it states, By which also, and by the administration of baptism and the Lord's Supper, prayer and other means appointed of God, it is increased and strengthened. So faith is wrought by the Word and through the Spirit, and it's increased and strengthened throughout the believer's lifetime by the Word and through the Spirit. And it says here, it's, it's aided by other tools that the Lord has given to strengthen us and to, to grow our faith. Those, the, the ordinances of baptism, the Lord's Supper. He's given us prayer in order to be able to communicate with Him. He's fasting, the counsel of other mature believers. All of these things are given by God that, that after our initial repentance and faith in Jesus to save us and our justification, we might grow increasingly in faith day after day to the glory of God. How incredible is it that, that God gives faith through the, the hearing of His Word, the acting of His spirits in our hearts, and then He, he sustains us, he, he strengthens that faith through the means that He has ordained and the means that He has supplied to us. So knowing that, may we seek, may we seek to ever be working to use these means to grow and to be sanctified by our walk in Him. Repentance and faith, turning from sin and turning to Christ. Let's pray. Father, we thank You for these studies. We thank You for the truth that we've seen in Your Word. We, we thank You for the examples that you've given to us and, and we read about in Hebrews 11. And 
Father, we, I pray that they would. Lord, they would be examples for us that we might seek to, Father, live with that kind of faith in our lives. Lord, be with us as we go. Father, be with us through the rest of this week. Lord, help us to to be obedient to your word. And Father, to shine as lights in the world around us. So we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.